Have you ever had a time in your life where you just felt stuck? <laughs> Maybe you feel that way right now. <laughs> you are not stuck in church right now. That would be... <laughs> You know, maybe, you know, stuck in a job, stuck in a, a relationship, maybe you're dating, you know, that you just felt like, man, I'm just, I'm stuck. Uh, we have those moments in life. I like uh, working on projects. I, I love to uh, work on home projects, you know, to be able to see a problem, figure out a solution, get it done and feel like, woo, nothing like a completed project. And we like finishing projects. It's just something like, man, I was productive today. You know, it's, it's fun to finish projects. Uh, part of that for me is my, my undergraduate degree was in math education. So I, I like math, and I'll, you know, when I first would tell people that, they'd be like, so what's uh, 13,358 times 582? <laughs> Do you have a cell phone? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me show you something called the calculator, you know? <laughs> I, I like math. I'm not a human calculator. <laughs> and I like it because basically I, I like problem solving. I like solving problems. When I taught high school math, I, you know, of course, always kids, when am I ever going to use this again? When am I going to graph a line? Like math is problem solving. And from what I see of your life, you're going to need to know how to solve problems. So, you know, <laughs> become a good student. <laughs> oh, man. But I like solving problems. Uh, we uh, moved in January, bought a home as a foreclosure. So, you know, when you do that, then you've got some issues to resolve. And, and it was January. And the biggest issue to figure out was our furnace wasn't working. <laughs> Uh, how many know you need a furnace in Indiana in January? Like, that's, that's, that's something you want. Like, I'm all for, you know, going without climate control, but 40 in the house a bit much. <laughs> so I was trying to work through the, you know, kind of going through steps, figuring out what the problem was, and I got to a place where I got to a dead end. I just, I was stuck. Like, I could not figure out, like, why is this not working? Everything else seems to be working right, just things, things wouldn't come together. So called around, got a hold of somebody, and they were able to come, and together we figured out, ah, this is the issue. Let's replace this, you know, small part, and, and then everything worked. The house heated up, all was well. So Shelly and the kids didn't have to sleep in parkas, you know, so that was, that was a good thing. So what I needed in that moment, I was stuck. I needed someone to come help and, and be part of the solution. And as we continue our series in Luke today, as we continue in Luke chapter 13, we come across a situation where Jesus is speaking in a synagogue. He encounters a woman who's been stuck with a physical ailment for 18 years. And of course, Jesus comes in and he makes all the difference. And that's the heart for Jesus for all of us. He can step into your situation and free you in a moment. That's why we come forward for prayer. Like this is, this is part of why we come together on Sunday mornings, that Jesus makes a difference. So we're going to continue the series in Luke and talk about what it is to receive the kingdom. Receiving the kingdom is an, an incredible opportunity, but we've got to make a choice for the kingdom to grow in our lives. So if you have your Bibles, hey, I hope you have your Bible. If you're new to the church, you wonder why do they say such things. Uh, we want you in God's Word, and not just on Sunday mornings. We want you reading God's Word daily. Uh, so I hope you have your Bible with you today. If you don't have a Bible today, that's okay. We've got one underneath the chair in front of you. You're welcome to read along with us from that Bible. If you don't have a Bible at home, feel free to take that home as a gift from the church. We want you to have access to God's Word. I'm going to invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to be in Luke chapter 13, verse 10. And we stand simply out of reverence to say, God, thank you for giving your Word to us. And so we're in, in Luke chapter 13, verse 10. It says, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. So this is Jesus. He's teaching in a synagogue on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. 
And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And as he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like, and to what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew, and it became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. And again he said, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. So if you were here last week, Luke chapter 13, what we kicked off in this chapter is, is talking about that we were made for more. You were made for more. You were made for more than just to go through the motions in life. You were made for more than just to earn a paycheck and pay bills. You were made for more in life. So now I need to quiz you. Who can tell me what you were made for from last week? What was it? Two words. Bear fruit. All right. So the way we tried to help remind you of that is we gave you a Fig Newton on the way out the door, had a sticker on it, said bear fruit, because we want to bless you with the ability that every time you see Fig Newtons, you'd be like, oh man, I'm supposed to bear fruit. There we go. So we bless you with that in Jesus' name. So that's what we want to do. So you're, you're made to bear fruit. But we also talked about in the passage that, you know, sometimes you're in a phase in life where you're not bearing fruit. And what does Jesus do? It says that there's things in your life that might be a stinky situation, but you're in that environment so that fruit can come. The word manure was there. You know, and when you got a word like manure in the Bible, like, you got to talk about that, right? So we talked about you might be in a situation that seems like manure, but the joy is, is that fruit is on the way. Fruit can be on the way. So even if you're in the middle of a difficult situation, fruit is coming. But there is something that we're responsible to do in order for fruit to come. Because fruit is not guaranteed when you look at the passage from last week. The hope is that fruit will come. So what's required? Faithfulness. Fruitfulness requires faithfulness. That's really the takeaway from last week. Fruitfulness requires faithfulness. You see this over and over. If you read through the lives of of, uh, the followers of Jesus in the New Testament, they were faithful and they bore fruit. You, You look at the lives of Christian heroes like William Carey and Hudson Taylor. They were faithful and they were fruitful. But all of them walked through challenging times. They walked through times that might have been like manure, but the joy is, is that fruit came. So we've got to remain faithful. We've got to plot on that we've talked a lot about living an extraordinary life, that Jesus invites us to extraordinary living. John 10, 10, Jesus came, that we might have life, life to the full, a rich and satisfying life. But part of what we need to understand within the context of extraordinary living is a lot of what that looks like from day to day is faithful, faithful, faithful. Faithful, faithful. We had a minister's conference here last October. Every time I hear the word faithful, you wouldn't have been here for that. But a guy came up here and just felt led by the Lord like he was spinning in a circle saying, faithful, faithful, faithful. Faithful, faithful. Because the whole point was, we're called to faithfulness. We're not, we're not responsible for the results. Who's responsible? God is. And I'll tell you what, 
that can relieve a lot of stress from your life when you realize the results of your life are not up to you. They're up to God. What are we responsible for? We're responsible for faithfulness. So I encourage you, be faithful. And then watch what God does. That what's going to happen in your faithfulness is all of a sudden, so the other thing, I made a comment last week that I'm not real good at figuring out God's timing. Like, I can understand God's will. I can figure out, hey, this is how he seeks to see that done. But like, figuring out God's timing. And so then somebody after the second service, they're like, I can tell you God's timing. Like, fantastic. He's like, all of a sudden, (laughs) gospel of Mark. And that's what it's like though, isn't it? If you've been following Jesus for any length of time, like you're following Jesus and, and it, like you're just being faithful and then all of a sudden, like things happen. So, and that's what it can be like that we follow Jesus and we could have days or weeks or months where it's just like, holy cow, God, too much. Like this is extraordinary. But in the midst of that, let's be faithful and watch the fruit that comes. So we're made for more. And as we're made for more, how does that happen? Well, we have to enter into the kingdom, and that's where we're at this morning, that these are different episodes. Uh, There's a break in the passages here that Jesus is traveling. He's turned his face to Jerusalem. We see that in Luke chapter 9. And as he's on his way to Jerusalem, so he's traveling from Galilee. He's up in the north. He's going to Jerusalem. So we're intersecting in all of these episodes. That's what we're reading and going through. And so in one of these, he stops in a synagogue. And what we find in the first point of entering the, receiving the kingdom is that we can receive the kingdom. And what happens? We're set free. Receive the kingdom and be set free. Jesus is teaching in the synagogue. He sees a woman who's had this ailment for 18 years. And what does he do? He calls her to himself, talks to her, lays his hands on her, and she's healed in a moment. She's healed in a moment. That we have the opportunity in Jesus to be set free. That when we receive the kingdom... We are instantaneously set free. Now, is that always going to mean a physical ailment is healed? No. Again, are results up to us? No, we can't demand anything of God. Now, healing may come by way of a doctor if you're struggling with, with something in the way of a physical ailment. Healing can come in a moment. We've had that here. We've had people prayed for, and in a moment they were healed. They had a, a doctor report one week. They were healed. They went back the next week, and the doctor's like, well, I don't know what happened. And the person's like, I do. <laughs> and that's awesome. So praise God, the results are up to him. So as we enter into the kingdom, as we receive the kingdom, we can be set free. And that message is for you today. What's oppressing you? What are you stuck in? Know that it's God's heart to set you free from that today. It's God's heart for you to be free in Jesus' name. In fact, we're gonna close in song today singing that, that you're offered freedom in Jesus. So may you walk that out. And the reason I want you to walk that out is because as you receive the kingdom, you can be set free but what we find in our passage is not everyone was happy that that freedom was found. So if we receive the kingdom, that's wonderful. But if we don't receive the kingdom, we can be rebuked. Receive the kingdom or be rebuked. That's the second thing we find. You know, when you look at this episode, this woman was healed, she glorified God, and that could have been the end of this episode. But it wasn't. Why? Because one of the people there, he wasn't happy. He was not rejoicing the synagogue leader, the local pastor, like he invited Jesus, the guest speaker, to come. Jesus does something he's not happy with. So then he stands up to rebuke Jesus, to correct him. So I want to pause there for a minute um, because as you're reading through the Gospels, so the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you're not in the habit of reading through those four books, may I encourage you to do so. Read a chapter a day. Read a chapter of Matthew uh, today when you go home. Tomorrow, read Matthew chapter 2, then Matthew chapter 3. Be in the Gospels. Be in the New Testament books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John so that you're studying the life of Jesus. And, And as you read those books, and if you come across something, 
where you would say, I don't agree with what Jesus said there. I don't agree with what Jesus did there. Well, uh, I want to tell you Jesus is always right. So I guess you'll have to deal with that as it may. Jesus is always right 100% of the time. He's truth. So you're going to have to wrestle with the things that he says. You're going to have to wrestle with the things that he does. And, you know, unfortunately for the synagogue leader, he didn't know that. So he stands up to correct Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He in turn turns around and says, well, actually, let me, let me give you some correction this morning. And what does he say to the synagogue leader? He says, you hypocrite, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from the bond on the Sabbath day? Jesus is making this comparison like, if your ox and donkey are worthy to be watered, how much more this daughter of Abraham? If you can, for this ox and donkey who've been thirsty for a day, how much more should we loose this woman, free her from 18 years of bondage? So Jesus is making this comparison, and part of what he's doing is he's trying to help grow their understanding of what was the Sabbath for? Jesus says the Sabbath was made for man. Man wasn't made for Sabbath in a different passage, and and so Jesus is helping navigate through this. So why did this leader feel like he needed to correct Jesus? Well, it has to do really in large part with Jewish, Jewish identity. In the first century, so at the time that these uh, books are written, you know, Luke, when it's written, part of what's happening there is the Jews are under Roman occupation, and so they needed to have some form of identity, we as a Jewish culture. Uh, Elder, uh, well, what is his name? Pliny the Elder, Pliny the Elder, Roman author, first century. One of the things he noted about the Jewish people, he said a couple of things that are interesting to me. Number one, they have a temple in which there is no idol. That was unique. He was used to Roman temples where there was idols and images, and, but Jewish temple had nothing. He said, and then there's also this day in which no one works. So he thought that was interesting. So these things were very much about Jewish identity, the temple and the Sabbath. But what I find interesting is Jesus oftentimes is trying to work on their view of the Sabbath, trying to work on their view of the temple. He does it a lot. And part of the reason why is because he realizes, look, these things were meant to help draw people to God. These things were meant to bless people, but they've, instead of becoming a blessing, they become a curse. We've got to change that. So Jesus is addressing their views on Sabbath. And he does it on multiple occasions. And I think part of that is to see the heart of Jesus to say, my heart is to help you religious leaders to understand what God's word is about, what the Sabbath is about. What does he say in in Luke chapter six, another episode that we talked through? Here's what Jesus says. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue, so Jesus here and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees, they watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might find a reason to accuse him. But he knew their thoughts. And he said to the man with the withered hand, come and stand here. So again, Jesus redefining. And he rose and stood there. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or do harm, to save life or destroy it? So he's putting it before them. And of course, does anybody answer that question? (laughs) Nobody's going to answer that question. And after looking around at them, he said, stretch out your hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and disgust with one another what they might do to Jesus. So again, Jesus is trying to help the religious leaders understand, look, I'm establishing a new ethic. There's in in John chapter 13, a new commandment I give to you, love one another like I have loved you. 
So part of what Jesus is doing, and I want us to pay attention to this as we keep walking through Luke, is Jesus is trying to help people understand the whole goal here is that we love one another. For me to express love to this daughter of Abraham, she needs to be healed today. For me to express love to this man with a withered hand, he needs to be healed today. Even though it's a Sabbath, loving others is an important ethic. Uh, If you were here last week, I talked about the platinum rule. It comes from that verse. The platinum rule, you know, different from the golden rule, is whatever Jesus has done for me, I must now go and do for others. That's a good Christian rule. Whatever Jesus has done for me, I must now go and do for others. So how do we look at this today? Receive the kingdom or be rebuked. Receive the kingdom or be rebuked. Think about the people that could make a decision to come and follow Jesus. My question for you this morning is, do you truly love all others? Or are there people that you would like to see not enter into the kingdom? It's a bit of a heart test this morning. If your Muslim neighbor comes to make a decision to follow Jesus, can you rejoice with him? Because the synagogue leader, he had a hard time rejoicing with the woman who was healed that day. If, if your family's been affected by drugs and a drug dealer makes a decision to follow Jesus, can you rejoice with that man that day? This is, this is the struggling. I, I was thinking about this, I mean, for my own self. Shelly and I, we love kids. That's why we got into education to begin with. So I'd have a hard time if somebody hurt a kid But if that person who's hurt a child makes a decision to follow Jesus, they want their life to be made right, can I rejoice with that brother or sister in the faith? Like, these are the questions we should wrestle with. What does love require of us? Can we rejoice with everyone who enters into the kingdom? Because God's heart is that everyone, that none should perish. It's in the New Testament. God's will is none should perish. So that's what we need to ask ourselves today. When people receive the kingdom, can we rejoice with them? Because if not... The Holy Spirit will come to say, what's going on in your heart? I've asked you to love others. So receive the kingdom or be rebuked. But the the joy is this. As we get to rejoice with those people who make a decision to follow Jesus, no matter the background, because we want everyone to experience the love of God, we get to see them make that decision and then the kingdom grows in their hearts. And and can I tell you that sometimes that's a bit of a messy process. I had a, a pastor friend who was telling me the story of a a gang member who made a decision to follow Jesus and he wanted to pray for his pastor. So he was praying for his pastor and he started rebuking the devil and he started cursing at the devil. (laughs) And the pastor's like one eye like, is this okay? Like, (laughs) I don't know how to receive that this morning. But at the same time, he's like, praise God, you're in the process, praise God. Nobody's gonna be called to be made perfect. We're just called to be in the process. So can we rejoice when people are in the process? We need to be. It's not neat. It's not tidy. It's going to be messy. And praise God, Jesus is there in the midst of it all. So let's rejoice with people as they make that decision. No matter what they walk through, let's rejoice with them. Because here's what that parable tells us this morning. The parable says that as we receive the kingdom, it grows. Receive the kingdom and it grows in us. So God will work those things out. The Holy Spirit works that stuff out. So here's the parable that Jesus shares. He says, What is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It's like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew, it became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. And again he said, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It's like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. The whole message behind these parables is that the kingdom grows The kingdom grows in your life. The kingdom grows in my life. God's kingdom, as we surrender to him, he grows in the life of the person sitting next to you this morning. 
God's kingdom is meant to grow in our lives. It's meant to be leaven in our lives. But as I was working through this passage, I thought, you know, it's really interesting that Jesus talks about this in Luke chapter 13. Because if you just go back one chapter, Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12, verse 2, Jesus says, beware the leaven, same word, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And what was his rebuke? You hypocrites. So why is that a rebuke? Because either you have the leaven of the kingdom of God growing in your life, or you've got the leaven of hypocrisy. So how do we define hypocrisy? Hypocrisy is to basically claim to a certain value in your life, but to not live it out. Okay, so I've explained. What is our new command in Christ? Love one another as Jesus has loved you. So to be a hypocrite is to say, I'm a new covenant follower in Jesus. I'm called to love others, but then we struggle to live that out. That's what it would be to be a hypocrite. That's how we would define that. So then the question for you this morning is, do you have the leaven of the kingdom? Are you growing in love of others? Or do you have the leaven of a Pharisee and you're growing in disdain for others? Which leaven do you have in you today? My prayer for you, God's prayer for you, his example for you is he wants the kingdom of God to be leaven in your soul. God's heart is that you grow in love of others day in and day out so that no matter who comes across your path, you can say, man, you can be my brother and sister in the faith. People who are different from you. So maybe you've got to start. Maybe you struggle with loving others. So maybe the place to start is with your family. Of course, I don't know your family. So that might be a tough place to start. I don't really know. My family's a great family. So it's easy to love my family. But as you keep going out, and especially the more different people become from you, do you struggle with loving those of different races? Do you struggle with loving those of different nationalities? Do you struggle loving those of different socioeconomic status? Do you struggle loving those who are different from you? God's heart today is to say, my kingdom can grow in you and you can grow in your love of all others. That's what God wants for you today. So may we grow in God's kingdom. And as you do, here's what happens. What did that whole crowd get to do? Because they loved what they saw in that woman's life, then they got to rejoice together. So as you see God's kingdom come into the life of your Muslim neighbor who now follows Jesus, you get to rejoice with them. So as you see the kingdom come into the life of that person, that coworker that's been difficult with you, you get to rejoice with them. As you see God's kingdom come more into your life, you get to rejoice. Because as we enter the kingdom, we get to rejoice. May we rejoice in Jesus, and that's what we want to do today. So we're going to close a little bit different today. What I'd like to do this morning is uh, once a month we try to take communion together. So I'm going to invite the floor host to come and begin distributing the elements this morning. And what I want to do is, is just take communion. The, the setting for Jesus when he shared that new command of loving one another as Jesus loves us. It was in the context of the first communion. We oftentimes call that the, the Last Supper. So we want to take communion this morning. But the other thing I want to do is if uh, we want to celebrate together as well. So, you know, Sunday mornings, usually during the welcome time, we go through celebrations on Connect Cards. And so we want to celebrate with people today. So what I'm going to do this morning, because what I have found is if we're not careful, as we celebrate during the welcome time, these Connect Cards, we can kind of displace and to feel like, well, I don't have a face for that. So this morning, I want you to have a face for these celebrations. So I'm going to ask them to come to the platform because what we're going to do is take communion we're going to celebrate together, and then we're going to sing about the freedom we have in Jesus. So I'm going to read off a couple of names. Hopefully you've been called. If not, you can make a decision whether or not you want to come up here. Uh, but we've got uh, Kayla, George F., if you don't mind to come up and join me. Toy Andrews, 
Dan Spencer, Andrew Nelson, Beverly Hall, Cody and Kashina Wilbur, Katie Stewart, Eric Harknett, and then Sean and Darcy Dildine. Could you guys come and join me? Uh, you feel, so feel free to go ahead and keep collecting those elements this morning. If you already got it, that's great. If you um, haven't got it, they'll come up here and help you receive that. I'm going to line you up this morning. So Kayla, maybe you could start right over here. I'm going to try to get everybody in the light. So we've got Kayla, and then we'll do Toy right here next to you. And then we'll do Dan Spencer right next to Toy. Andrew Nelson right next to him. Where's, there you go, Dan. Thank you. Toy, Dan, Andrew. Then we'll have Beverly Hall right next to you, Andrew. We've got Cody and Kashina. Thanks, guys. And then Katie right uh, behind Kashina. And then Eric. And then Sean and Darcy. And what I'm going to have you... Wow, we have filled it. Yes! <laughs> We're going to celebrate this morning. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you to go ahead and love one another well right now. Squeeze a little bit tighter together. And then take one step forward. I want to get you guys in the light. All right, that's awesome. Thank you, guys. Oh, thank you, Tim. All right, what I want to do while you guys are getting the elements, if you want to raise your hand if you have not received elements, we want to make sure everybody's gotten served this morning. I'm just going to go to Luke chapter 22. And I just want to take a look at the passage uh, where Jesus is taking the, the first communion with his disciples. He said, he took a cup, and when he given thanks, he said, take this, divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Have you guys gotten used to the two cups yet? I'm still working it out. So there's bread on the bottom in case you didn't figure that out. So if you want to get to that bread this morning, we want to take that together. God, we just thank you for your broken body. Jesus, we thank you for your willingness that your body be broken for us, that we might live in fellowship with you for eternity. So God, I just pray that you would bless each and every one in this room today as we celebrate and communion today, the communion we have with you, the togetherness we have with you, God. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take the bread together. And he says, it's my blood, which is poured out for you. as a new covenant. Because of the blood that was shed, we get to have relationship with God. That's what we're celebrating this morning. So communion is both a time where sometimes it's a time of, of, you know, we're remembering things, but it's also a time of celebration. So today's communion is, it's celebration communion. So we're going to celebrate that we come together on a Sunday to celebrate Resurrection Day. Because there wasn't just a death on the cross. Praise God, we needed that. So we could be reconnected with God. But there's also the resurrection. That's why we meet on Sundays. So let me just pray over the blood this morning. God, we thank you for sending your son who is willing to shed his blood for us, that we might be a new covenant with you. And so God, I pray that we would live that out well. May we love others well. Lord, those not like us. But Jesus, I just pray that we would live well in your kingdom. Lord, your kingdom come. May your kingdom enter into our lives today in a new way, in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take the drink together. So I'm just going to go through these cards and we're just going to celebrate down the line because that way when we come together for the welcome on Sunday mornings, you need to remember that we aren't just sharing these things as though they don't belong to somebody. These are people in our church. These are people a part of Connection Point and God's doing amazing things. May we rejoice every Sunday. 
So we're just going to, so we've got Sean and Darcy here. They said, we love the church. We love that God brings fresh vision into our lives. We praise God for fresh vision. So we've got Eric here. He says, you know, I've been struggling with jobs and bills, but I got a job, a new job with TSC. My income is making the bills on time. God is good. Praise God for provision. I'm Katie here. I brought a friend. In two short months, this church has truly changed my outlook on life with Christ, and I'm happy to be here. Praise God. We're happy to have you here. And we've got Cody and Kashina. Just yesterday, we checked the mailbox, found two checks inside. It was completely unexpected, one more than the other. The check was for a class action settlement we didn't even know we were part of. God's good. <laughs> We have Beverly, my fiance, surviving a mild heart attack. He lost his job because of being away from work. Two hours later, he got a better job. God works miracles. <laughs> Andrew, new employment opportunities. Um, God would offer less stress. It's more free time for his family. So God's doing a work in Andrew's life. Praise God for that. We've got Dan. There was a coworker that fell a few weeks ago. He's doing really, really well. The God's doing a healing work in his body. God answers prayer. And we've got Toy here. He says, we got a new house. We moved back to the U.S. from Bahrain. The kids are happy in their new schools and we have solid jobs lined up. Praise the Lord for that. And then we have Kayla. So my grandmother, uh, was she cut her varicose veins open while she was on the phone. She couldn't get the bleeding to stop, so we immediately began to pray and were able to see the bleeding stop. Praise God. <laughs> May we come together and rejoice on Sundays. We get to rejoice in the kingdom of God. So I'm gonna invite you to stand as we close in song. I'll let you guys be seated so you can sing with us. So feel free to find your seats. But let's just sing praises, sing about the freedom that we're offered in Christ. Let's sing and rejoice today.